When your kids get into an argument, have you ever wondered how to help them solve it? How to teach them how to make it right? If so, you will surely want to join today as Jackie Finneman joins me to discuss how it is we help our children learn how to make right those conflicts. We talk about many other things. You will surely learn a lot today as we listen to expert Jackie Finneman talk about this and other topics as well. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Before we begin with Jackie, I want to remind you that I am accepting coaching clients starting June 1st. So we're getting close now. If you are and have been considering doing that for this summer to help you be able to communicate with your children better in a way that helps your family run more smoothly and gives you language to explain behaviors to them, then contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can discuss how we can work together. Now, let's get into our program with Jackie Finneman. Thank you for joining me today on The Language of Play. Today, I have Jackie Finneman with us from No Problem Parenting. She is a 30-year family counselor turned parenting coach, the founder of Hello World and No Problem Parenting. She empowers parents to become the confident leaders their kids crave them to be by learning how to turn any problem behavior into a no problem. Jackie and I have known each other for a while now. She has put out a book just recently, and we have gotten to know each other as fellow Minnesotans a little bit over the last year. So welcome so much, Jackie. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming on The Language of Play. Well, thank you for having me. It has been fun getting to know you. You are a wealth of knowledge, so I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we pair up pretty well because the things that I talk about and the things that you talk about really go hand in hand. And it was you that said, Dina, you can do that podcast. And so, <laughs> so I'm grateful to you also that uh, uh, really got me rolling on on pursuing doing the podcasting and I have really enjoyed it. So thank you. Now, before we actually get into the meat and potatoes, I want to start just talking about last night. We had a Zoom call on the Vera Thomas show, and that was because you have put out a book. Why don't you first tell us about the last book and this book? All right. So the reason I even started the books in the first place is when I started my podcast back in April of 2021, 
I was like a month in, maybe had four episodes and I started getting all these guests that were requesting, you know, to be on my show. They were like emailing me and saying, Hey, can I be a guest on your show? And I was like, how do you even know I have a show? You know, it was so brand new that I, it kind of, and I, I was new to podcasting. I was like, how do they even know I'm here? I'm, you know, I'm not even ranking. Um, so I entertained it though. I, I typically try not to say no to things unless I've actually thought them through. Um, and so I, you know, I, I looked into it and I thought, yeah, some of these guests are really fascinating. And I love resourcing to parents, the, my clients that I work with, and I love to have options for them that maybe aren't in their local area. And so I thought, what the heck, I'll, I'll interview some people. And I did. And my gosh, Dina Lynn, by the end of the first year, I had interviewed just about a hundred guests. Now we're well over a hundred guests That's and I have learned. Yeah. I've learned so much. Um, and so then after that year, I was like, you know, I don't want some of these guest episodes to just get lost. Like there's really good information here. So what can I do um, to make sure that we continue to get this info into the hands of parents? And so I created a resource page on my web website and I would put links um, on, on the resource pages for, for a lot of these folks. And then a few months after that, I was like, well, wait, I mean, how much traffic has come into my website? How many people are looking at that? I'm not quite sure. And I went, somebody called me to ask me if I'd be in a compilation book. And I didn't even know what a compilation book was. And then I said, um, I think it seems kind of salesy, like just a book, like a business card book or something. It wasn't, it was the books were geared more towards, you know, entrepreneurs and business. I'm like, nah, I don't think that's really what I want to do. And then a networking friend of mine said, well, why don't you write your own? And I was like, well, I don't know. Cause I've never done that. And so she connected me with the publisher, our first publisher. And you know, kind of the rest is history. I filled a book up with 21 authors in a matter of four weeks. And we um, made, I made sure that all the authors wrote around my three-step model, parenting model uh, for No Problem Parenting. And so, yeah, the, the first book called No Problem Parenting, Raising Your Kiddos with More Confidence and Less Fear was published in September of 2022. And it, and it hit Amazon bestseller for new release um, in three different uh, parenting categories. So yeah, it's Ooh, it's so good. And I've read several chapters, <clears throat> excuse me, of that book and it's fabulous. Well, it's just such a diverse, um, like these experts are niched in their own, you know, craft or area based on their own either life experiences or their work experiences. Um, and so there's just a variety of topics in that first book that not only help you help your kids, but they really help you become that confident leader by providing you some resources for how to take care of yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. And then, you know, we were just rolling and, you know, so excited about the first book. I had people calling me and saying, Hey, I couldn't, I couldn't get a spot in the first book. I want to be in the second book. And, and you were one of those. Yes, those I folks, was. Right, <laughs> and, and so I was like, should I do another one? And so I started to fill a second one, like in November, but then the holidays hit and it was just really tricky to like, people didn't have time to write a chapter in a book. So we kind of delayed it, which I always believe things happen for a reason. And, um, one of the authors that's in the second book had, I'd met with her, um, to be on my show and she said, Hey, um, you're doing a second book. She said, have you heard of action takers publishing Linda sunshine West? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she's like, Jackie, I really, I think before you make a decision on the second book, I think you should reach out to her. And, you know, I really, I, I, I had a good experience with my first book being brand new, 
but um, what Linda at Action Takers Publishing offers and kind of where her business is heading and what she's, you know, how they, what their mission and everything just really resonated with me. So, so we switched publishers and uh, we're spreading out the love with the publishers. And, uh, and so, yeah, we have a new publisher and then um, we, she helped me slow down. She's like, Jackie, it's really not common for people to publish book after book that quick. She said, slow down. Let's, let's just, um, let's do this a little, a little different. And so we filled the book, I think in, I don't know, end of March or something. And now we're looking to publish uh, this summer. Nice. That is so good. And the second book is called, I should probably mention that, Mm -hmm. uh, No Problem Parenting Resources and Stories that create confidence and connection. Mm-hmm. And you happen to, because you started this podcast in January and I might hit top 2% already in just a matter yeah. of a few months. Yes, like it's super you exciting. You have been very focused and very busy and I still wanted you in the book. I was like, Dina Lynn, we are finding a way to get you in here, even <laughs> if you don't have time to write a chapter. And so you have a business spotlight ad in there and I'm super excited and grateful that you uh, agreed to do that. That's so nice of you. And I just, I'm so excited to see the book come out and I'm looking forward to reading it. And I know it's going to be great resources. And so listeners, as you are wanting to purchase Jackie's book, you will find links in the show notes, both for the first book and the second book. You'll give me that, right? I just decided to do that now. Okay, good. Depending (laughs) on when this airs, I don't know if we'll have a link for the second book quite yet, but we'll definitely put uh, the title in and a link to my website, which once it is, you know, launched then or published, then we'll have, have the link in the website too. So sure. And after it's launched, I can go back and add the link. So if you're hearing oh, yeah. later in the summer, then the link for the second book will be present. You're, see, you're so good. You've just got this podcasting thing down. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning, stumbling all the way through, but I'm learning. <laughs> oh, you're just doing fantastic. Well, you know, and I think it's true that once you make a decision to do something and you really, it really resonates and it feels this, this goes with parenting too. Like once you really make a decision and you put, you give it your all, um, just great things happen. So yeah, it, it is true. And you meet great people. And, and this partnership with you and me is one of them. Now let's talk about last night, last night. So Vera Thomas is one of the people that wrote a chapter in your book and yeah. she invited people to be on her show. And she was able to take, I think 10 guests or something like that. So we all came and we were on her show last night and it was like super fun. So mm. one of the topics that we had last night that was that really strikes a chord with me is the idea of making apologies to our children. We Mm -hmm. all mess up and we mess up with our children and it's going to happen. And then when our children call us out, or if we just realize without them calling us out, I believe and advocate that we really need to know how to make the repair of the relationship. And we need to be able to go to our children and make that apology so that they one that the connection is reconnected and two, so that they learn how to do it themselves because they're going to mess up and they need to know how to go to others and make a repair and make an apology. And they will learn it by experiencing it. There was a lot more to the conversation, but this is part of what you do. And so I wanted to have you lean into that and talk on that topic for a little while, because I know it's a, it's kind of a cornerstone piece for you, isn't it? Well, it really is. And this, it started with um, working with kids and families for the last 30, you know, some years. One of the things that used to kind of drive me crazy, still does to this day, is when, you know, only two kids are, maybe they're fighting or maybe, you know, they're playing together. And then one picks up a toy and bonks the other kid over the head. 
with the toy and we catch it, right? Other, you know, the victim cries and the other kid, you know, runs to the other, you know, runs away or does whatever. But if, when you catch it, or even if you don't, and the kid that got hit comes over and they're crying and, you know, Joey hit me or whatever it is. What's the first thing we tend to do to the perpetrator, the kid oh, that hit? Tell him to we go over it. there and you stop that. You say you're sorry. We don't hit. Well, first of all, why would we say we, you know, because obviously you don't hit, right? If you don't hit. <laughs> but <laughs> second of all, going over and saying, you say you're sorry. What are the odds that in that moment, that kid is sorry? Uh, it's not true. No, they're probably in fight or flight, which is why they hit the other kid in the first place. And maybe the other kid instigated something, right? And not that excuses hitting, but maybe they did something that set, you know, that caught that, the kid off guard, which caused them to hit, just reactionary to hit. So there's a lot going on with that, but I'll, I'll try to keep it simple by saying, instead of go, what the first thing that we should do is go to the victim and make sure they're okay, but not in a like mushy, sympathetic way, because we don't want to feed their hurt, right? We don't want to make them think, because maybe it didn't hurt that bad. It's more about, um, yes, it hurt. And we want to make sure they're okay, but we don't want to go into, we don't want to overdo it in case that kid actually did something first that we didn't see, right? Because we don't want to, you know, like acknowledge that. So we go over and make sure they're okay. And then when the other child is a bit calm or they've had a second to, to calm, down as long as they're not like you know running away from you or doing whatever you bring them back over and you say hey uh joe what happened first step step one of make it right joe what happened and you wait and sometimes you have to give them a little bit of a suggestion but normally they'll say well you know simon did da 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 da, da. and you say and what happened so you're not negating that Simon did something. You're just saying, and what happened? And you want them to say, I hit Simon on the head with my toy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. When they do admit that, then you say, good job being honest. Step two, good job being honest or good job telling the truth. Oftentimes when littles are caught, you know, misbehaving, they have a tendency to lie or skirt the truth mm -hmm. or pretend they don't know or whatever. Part of that is because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble, right? And that's a natural thing. So what we want to do is, especially if you have a chronic liar, a little kiddo that's, or a teenager, you know, that's chronically lying, you want every opportunity to say, hey, when they are truthful, to say, good job telling the truth or good job being honest. And then you say in step three, what are you going to do to make it right? Or what are you going to do to make it up to Simon? And normally, especially the first time you use this, the kiddo's going to say, I don't know, or I don't want to do anything. And instead of forcing it in that moment, we kind of separate them. Maybe Joe has to go, you know, play in a different area. Um, but we don't punish that. We don't necessarily consequence that right away, which sometimes parents will say, well, isn't that like letting the kid get away with it? No, because you're going to come back. Um, but anyway, you say to him, would you like some, if they say, I don't know, you say to Joe, would you like some ideas? And then you can ask Simon, Simon, do you think it would be helpful for Joe to, um, you know, clean up your toys for you? Do you think it would be nice if Joe would pull out your chair at lunchtime? Do you think it would be nice for you if Joe opened the door when it was time to go outside? You know, random acts of kindness is what we're looking for here. Not just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't want kids to say, I'm sorry. We just want them to actually be sorry, yes. right? Feel it from the inside out, not from us making them do it. Um, because what happens when you make a kid say they're sorry, the victim has not only been kicked, hit, hurt, lied to, whatever, they've uh, they're, they've also been lied to. That's what I mean. They've been hit, kicked, what, and they've been lied to now. And then we just say, okay, go on and play. Well, <laughs> what kind of a message does that give the kids? Like, this is silly. They're, we don't as adults, operate that either well, that way. <laughs> exactly. We as, as adults, we look very silly when we do that. We don't think about it. And usually everybody, life just goes on. But um, time and time again, that's the message that's ingrained. Um, and so then step four is the, what would you like some ideas? And then Joe decides on one, Simon agrees. He'd like that. And then Joe does it. Maybe it's later. Cause this may have happened in the morning. And now they've decided that Joe's going to pull out his chair for him at lunchtime. So we wait and lunchtime happens. You go over to Joe and you give him the high tens, right? High fives. And you say, Hey, Joe, good job making it right. So we wrap up the technique with good job, making it right. Sometimes all of this happens right in the moment. Sometimes we pause and we delay it and we stretch it out if the child is in fight or flight mode. This is really, really fabulous, Jackie. I like how you've teased apart all the little steps and, you know, to just ask generically what happened. I I love that you start that way. One of the things that I have often added to that basic thing, and and we talked about this before, that my process, I have a couple of different words, but my process is almost identical. So one of the things that I ask in that what happened phase is, what part did you do? But of course, this depends on the age of the child. Right. Because to identify what they did is really important also, because like you're using the example of Simon and Joe, if Simon was an instigator, you know, he needs to understand, uh, yeah, I hit first. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a really good thing. And he's only responsible for that, but Mm -hmm. he is responsible for that. Right. So then later again, after you resolve this first problem, which is the Mm -hmm. most, you know, the, because of the hitting, right. We want to hitting is just not okay. And so we want to tackle that bigger problem first. Then later you can say to Simon and later might be five minutes after this is all resolved. It might be later in the afternoon, depending on where Simon's frame of mind is, right? And how agitated or irritated or sad or whatever he is. And so then later you can go to Simon and say, hey, what happened? You know, before when you and Joe, when Joe hit you, what happened? Well, he hit me. Hmm. And what happened before that? Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to walk them back into that just, and even though we're not necessarily consequencing that or anything in the moment, we just want Simon to know that we know there was more to the story. Yes. Right. And it's important for Joe to know also right. that you recognize that there was an instigator that, you know, he didn't just burst out hitting. There was something that happened to him too that put him over the edge. And I think that when Joe feels more seen and heard, he will also be able then to, to be sensitive and trusting and, and take the risks of, of also doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. The really cool thing about this technique, I want to say, is that it's for really any age. You can start as early as two. You can use it with a spouse. But it all, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. It works with your colleagues. It works with your extended family. It works with your spouse. It works with anybody um, that has caused a problem 
or, or done, you know, a negative, unwanted behavior, hurtful, harmful, whatever to the other person, you can always make it right. And I teach that in my online course as well. I use an example of when this happened with me and my son and how I went and made, made things right with him. You know, I had was fearful at the lake one day and he did something and I'll let you, you know, I won't bore you with the details, but I flew off the handle and, and snapped at him. And, you know, you don't think to apologize for that stuff um, or to just say, hey, I was really, you know, I'm sorry, I was whatever, but it's making it right, making it up to your child as well. And I think parents have a hard time doing that because we feel like it makes us not as authoritative or like it takes down our, you know, credibility. Uh, <laughs> yes, right. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You can, your relationship and trust that reciprocal relationship and reciprocal trust with your child is increased, you know, a million times over when you are a pro at making it right with your kid. That's right. That is absolutely right. Making a repair in a relationship. I just agree. 100% is is like a, a foundational piece to being able to build that strong connection and have trust. Yeah. And I love that you say making a repair last night in that, and hopefully we'll have the link for Vera's show. Cause I thought I agree. Yes. It was such a great conversation, but I really loved how you put that in there too, that making a repair, um, you know, when problems are and misbehavior and all that, they're mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, they're opportunities to learn so in No Problem Parenting, that's what I teach. It's, you know, seek first to understand why is my child behaving the way they are and why am I responding or reacting the way that I am? You know, um, but 90% of the time, it's not the problem. The problem is not that in the moment misbehavior, there's something else that's going on underneath. Right. And that's what we want to seek to understand and get to the root of. To and then also what they're not saying. <laughs> yeah. And also our own stuff. I mean, maybe we mm -hmm. were raised in a really drill sergeant home or, you know, uh, and, and so we're just experience because of experience, we're responding or reacting the way that we are, but we can make, you know, we can make it up for that or make that right. Um, then step two is to prepare for the worst. You know, we can't always be prepared. Life throws us curveballs. Our kids certainly do. But yeah. there are those day in, day out behaviors that our kids do, you know, that we know are going to happen or we can predict they're going to happen. And those are the things we can be prepared for and have, you know, some tools in our pocket, <laughs> back pocket, so that we can respond to those matter of factly, um, instead of react and be like, and put way more emotion into the behavior than is necessary. And then step three is to change the conversation. You know, I believe that we are giving our kids way too much unconditional praise, so much so that they don't believe it themselves. We're just trying to make them feel better or do better. And they don't need us to do that. So we can lead with conditional positives and conditional praise, which is factual. Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed you got really mad and you didn't hit Simon. That's yeah. amazing. You're in control of your body you know, conditional first, then pour on the unconditional. Good job. You know, you're a great friend, that kind of thing. You know, kids come to us and say, I don't have any friends. What's the first thing we say to them? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and it's like, what if they really don't? Or what if they really feel like they don't because they know they're not being a good friend? Why would we convince them otherwise? Let them, they don't need us to make it better for them. I love how in just the last thing you said, when you specifically told 
the child, you know, here's what happened. You did not lose your cool. You did not hit so-and-so when this happened. You know, like you're telling exactly what it is that you want the child to do when Mm -hmm. you are recognizing it. And then you're saying the good job. I think a lot of times, and I see this in the schools all over, um, parents will say, good job. And the kids will say, for what? Mm-hmm. And they don't know for sure. And stop it is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop what? And kids often just look at their parents. And I, I ask the parents, do you know what they think they're supposed to stop? Of course they know. Yeah. And that's not true. And so one of the signs I have on my wall is don't assume they understand. Explain it. So with our children, I love how that's your example. You are telling exactly what it is that they did right. And the doing right is exactly the behavior that you want of them to do. So you're putting the language back into them. Mm -hmm. You're you're teaching them again, the right behavior by praising them for achieving it. And what it does is it, I think it makes the target crystal clear. And then when you praise them, then it's like, oh, I did it right. You know, they can well, they feel pride. it. Yeah. They feel it from the inside out. They can, the, the reason we do the conditional praise is because it needs to be factual so that it's harder for them to rebuke it. Right. Like they can, yeah. they can believe it. Cause it's like, Oh God, I, I guess I did get 18 out of 20. And that showed that I, you know, tried really hard and I, I gave, I gave, gave good effort or whatever, but um, you know, something factual that they can really hang on to and believe and then you can pour on the unconditional positives with that the good so jobs. Fabulous. You're amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that is just fabulous, Jackie. I'm so glad that you incorporate this into your program. Your program is wonderful. I have looked at it at length. I looked at your website and I thought, man, Jackie, you're just doing so great. So Aww, thank you. It's <laughs> 10 years in the making, you know, so uh, 20 years in counseling and in-home family counseling. And then I left that career to become a parenting coach um, when I started Hello World in 2013. So now I get to help parents in their day in, day out struggles, you know, challenges, the real life stuff in, uh, in, in the moment. Yes. And your resource page. I know I'm one of the people on your resource page and I'd love to be there. Now tell me a little bit more about your resource page. So when you go to the website, which is just noproblemparents.com, Um, We have lots of different tabs on there. You can join our membership community. You can get the course, all the things. But here's the deal. My no problem parenting uh, model is really a mindset shift for parents. It's not going to give you like step by step, you know, for each and every behavior, because how could I possibly do that? There's just so many of them, right? What my mission is really, number one, awakening family attachment, but number two, by creating confident parents. And the best way I can help you become the confident parent that I say your kids crave you to be is by making sure that you have the resources to fit your family situation or the things that the challenges that you're going through. And so that's why I created the resource page. There's several different categories in there, health and well-being. So we have we have, and we're just, we, we just took a bunch of uh, resources down and we're putting a bunch more up. So it's kind of in, uh, in process right now, but health and wellness, there's parenting, obviously parenting resources, there's relationships specific to, you know, couples, um, uh, couples like counseling or coaching, I should say, there are products that we love. There are books on there that we love. There are financial and business um, education, things like how to teach your kids about money, but also how to budget for yourself. There's 
Oh my gosh, we have so many things. I can't even name them all. So yeah, um, it's a but, full big resource. I love that. Yeah, it is. And it'll be growing. Um, and most of the people on that resource page have been on the podcast. So you'll get the link to their website, but you'll also get the link to the podcast episode. So you can hear a little bit before making the call. Like, is this a good fit for me? Yeah, that is fabulous. And I'm one of those people. And it was very much like right at the beginning of launching the language of play. And I was one of your guests at that point. And I was like, I don't know, maybe three, four, five, six episodes, you know, just really early into starting my podcast. So yeah, pretty fun. Yes, you were. And actually you were episode 116, I believe. Um, You know, yours was an interesting one because we had a bonus episode or something that happened in there. And so iTunes says it's episode 115. Um, and I think Podbean says it's 116, but I can get the link of that episode. And if you wanted to put that in the show notes as well. I'll do that. That's really fun. Okay. Now, one of the other things that I wanted to talk with you about is a stance that you have that I 100% agree with, and you have just worded it really well. And I also believe that a parent is always the expert of their child. Mm -hmm. And when I worked in the schools, so often, you know, we would write IEPs because I'm a speech pathologist. And you know, parents would come in and they'd hear the experts and they would feel like they weren't the expert. And yet they are. They always are. And even when we're talking about kids that have disabilities, yes, they need other help, but they know their child best. And that's an intimidating place sometimes for parents, but you word it so nicely. And last night you did. So I wanted to have you just talk about um, how parents are the expert of their child. Well, you know, over the last, I don't know, 30 years, I guess, right? When parents come to me, um, I usually say they're having one of three problems. They're either being too nice, too mean, or they're trying to solve a problem that they have no background in, no education on, and they're trying to do it alone. And so, you know, uh, I think that when you're trying to solve a problem that you're not skilled at, it makes you feel like you're not a good parent. It makes you feel like you don't know what you're doing. You're failing somehow or in some way, but that's not true. So much like the president of a company, right? The president of a business, the president of the business as the founder of the business is the expert of their business, but they don't have to be the expert in every area of their business. In fact, it's impossible for them to do everything at hundred percent, right? That's why we hire people. We hire people that are more skilled in certain areas than we are because that helps the business thrive. And so I say that's the same thing um, with families. You don't have to be the expert in every area to be the expert of your family, to be that expert parent. So I, you know, as hard as it is, sometimes it can be embarrassing or it can, it can feel defeating to reach out for help, especially if it feels like it's something that you should just naturally be good at. But when your parenting isn't working and you're feeling like even though you've tried many different things, there's a reason it's not. And don't automatically assume it's because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Usually when my clients come to me, they might do a six week program, a three month program, a five month program. But within that first week, I have already helped them shift to feeling more confident about, oh, well, yeah, if I just tweaked this, look at how well that worked. And it boosts their confidence already just after the first time that they meet with me. So of course, mm-hmm. and that's with lots of people. I'm not saying I'm the only one, but I just it really the validation, the acknowledgement from somebody who you really don't know so well um, 
because sometimes, you know, our friends and family try to help, but they have their own assumptions of us and they have their own ideas of what worked for them. And it doesn't always work for us. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. That doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. You're, you and your kids are unique, just like snowflakes, right? Every, right. every family is different. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. And of course we should be, be helping those parents to um, realize that they do know what they do know because they do. Yes. And to build that confidence is a foundational thing too. And I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you do what you do to build connection, to build confidence, to um, teach people that the problems, though they're there are no problems when you are learning how to handle them better. Well, right in the definition of the word problem, it says problems are a matter or situation that's unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. Look it up. You can Google it. And so, but what do we do as parents? Oftentimes we feed the problem and we give it way more attention than it deserves. And we put way more emotion into the problem than it deserves. And so here at No Problem Parenting, no problem doesn't mean, oh, no problem. Like we never have problems. In fact, my only guarantee is you're going to have problems raising your kids. Right. But it's what we do with those problems and how we respond to them that really can make or break your relationship and your and your confidence um, with yourself. So give problems only as much attention as they deserve and then keep her moving, as we say in the Midwest. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for your input. I know that your insights, your your information is going to be really valuable to my listeners, to the families. And thank you for the work that you do in the world. You make the world a better place, Jackie. Thank you for being here with me today. Oh, Dina Lynn, you're so welcome. And I'm going to include a link for the Make It Right technique so that parents that were listening today don't have to worry about jotting notes or go back and write it down. They can just click on the link and get a free PDF. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So listeners, go check out the show notes and you will find information, um, quite a bit of information, I think, with um, regarding Jackie, her stuff, the the interview that we had last night, the, you know, the interview with me before, like all kinds of stuff. So go check out the show notes to find all kinds of resource. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So, thank you so much, Dina Lynn, for having me. This is fun. I just Absolutely. really appreciate and respect you. Thank you. It's a mutual. And I'm so glad to have you on the language of play because you are truly a partner. Remember mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below. Thank you.